So like Josh said, I met, uh, I met Josh about six months ago. Uh, I've got a little uh, community up on 35th and Superior Street called Garden View. It's, uh, it's a PUD, Planned Unit Development. Uh, we've got a little bit of a mix of uh, townhomes, uh, single family homes, and then we're gonna be putting in a, a little tiny home community along Salt Creek. And uh, there's gonna be a uh, 140 some unit storage unit facility, climate control that we're gonna build. We just got all the steel delivered last week. So I met Josh, he was looking at one of our units up there as a potential investment. And uh, we kind of told him uh, what, the, what the vision was for that particular community. And uh, as soon as I said tiny home, I could tell his, his eyes kind of perked up and he was like, ooh, tell me more about that. Uh, so we were surprised that, the, the, that we got the reception of the tiny home community from the city because we were a little bit concerned uh, whether or not we're be gonna be able to get that pushed through, but uh, that's, uh, that's looking pretty positive. So um, I'm Jason Becker. Just a little bit about uh, myself. Let me read my notes and so I can see what uh, I can learn about myself here. Uh, I was born in Pennsylvania, just a little uh, bedroom community right outside of Philadelphia. My dad was a Navy guy. Uh, moved back to Lincoln in 1974 and uh, went to Lincoln Southeast High School nights. Any nights in here? Nice. All right. Class of 1990. Uh, pretty much uh, thought I was going to be a professional baseball player. Uh, went to college on a baseball scholarship. And uh, when I got to college, and I, I'll never forget uh, going to uh, fall camp, and I walked out on the field and I saw Curtis Collins from Waterbury, Connecticut, and Todd Bailey from Mississippi. And I've got these guys from all over the country. And I went, there is no way I'm going to be a professional baseball player. These guys are really, really good. So um, played at Iowa Western uh, up in Council Bluffs. Played there for a couple years. Uh, decided that obviously um, baseball wasn't going to be my future. So I came back and worked in my family business. My dad and my grandfather uh, owned a floor coverings business. And uh, I did that for a little while. And... Uh, Back in the early 90s, there was a, quite a, not, not the recession that we saw back in 07, 08, and 09, but times were pretty lean. Dad said, bud, you're gonna probably have to go out and find a job, so I did. And uh, I worked at Payless, Cashways. I started there in 1992, making $3.30 an hour, wearing a red hard hat, loading two by fours in the back of people's trucks. Uh, got promoted at Payless, and, I got promoted inside, uh, worked in the, uh, uh, the, commercial, um, the commercial counter. Basically, I had remodelers, new construction, builders, um, property managers would come in throughout the day and, and buy stuff, and I would check them out. And I met, I can't tell you how many people I met um, doing that job, uh, working inside. I see Mark back there. He can relate to, to what that job was. Uh, worked at Payless uh, doing that job. I got, then I got promoted uh, to an outside sales position. So then I was driving out and meeting with framers and siding guys, deck builders, roofers, drywallers, concrete guys, you name it. Um, 
just met just met a tremendous amount of people doing that. I met my uh, my best friend who unfortunately couldn't make it tonight. Josh knows him, Marty. Uh, he was uh, over at Operation Desert Storm in Afghanistan. Uh, got a he got back from there, started framing houses. I started selling him his material. Fast forward to today, uh, Marty and I are doing the Garden View, which I referred to. Um, we've got another Garden View community out on 93rd and Old Cheney, uh, 100 and some unit development out there. Uh, I got another subdivision that I'm working out on Hillcrest Trail. It'll be another townhouse subdivision. Um, and then Marty and I, um, we own several commercial properties together as well, which I'll get into a little bit. Um, I'm married. I'll be married 25 years here coming up. Uh, my wife, Nikki, is the managing broker at Bankwise Realty. So we're in real estate together. And so currently, uh, Bob and I, Bob Wayne over here, him and I work together at Bankwise. I'm a uh, residential and commercial real estate agent and investor in commercial. Um, I uh, lost my train of thought already. Um, I got my real estate license back in uh, 20, just towards the end of 2011. Um, I, uh, I don't do any residential investing myself. I don't, uh, I, and I'm here tonight to like tell you guys about mistakes, okay? And I used to be a, I used to be in the residential side, and uh, I boy I tell you I, I told Josh and one of the reasons why he wanted to become speak tonight because I had made a comment one time I said I could make a lot of money selling a book on all the mistakes to not make in and uh, in, in, in residential real estate investing so um, so let's see here um, I just fin I just finished up page one here so hang on a second. So yeah, so currently, um, one of the reasons why I don't do residential investing anymore is because I do have people that I, you know, I've got good clients um, that, that do that. And I, I, I guess I don't want to be in competition with those guys. Um, I mean, I could go out and, 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 and find the deals and, and do them myself. But man, I tell you what, it's, it's a lot easier to, you know, to, to help guys like Josh and Lance and and, and Mark and, you know, let, the, let them do, let them do that. Um, so mistakes that I made when I, um, when I got, uh, when I got started, Marty, who I referred to earlier, my partner, we had an opportunity to buy, this would have been back in like 05 and 06. Uh, we had an opportunity to buy um, eight houses in a, in a, in a package. And, uh, <laughs> Four of them we went ahead and, and, and actually went out and looked at before we decided to pull the trigger and four of them we didn't even look at. It just seemed like on paper it was a good deal. Went to the bank, the bank told us it was a good deal, so it had to be a good deal, right? So um, so overnight I, I literally went you know, from a guy that had nothing to, now I was responsible for eight houses with eight tenants and uh, not too soon after that, a couple of those tenants weren't around anymore. And now I had all their stuff. Um, and then we went ahead and, and added a couple of uh, 
townhomes that we built. So it wasn't very long that I went from zero to now I have 10 properties that I'm responsible for. Plus I have a job. And uh, at that time I was working at 84 Lumber. I was a outside salesman for eight, at 84 for about 10 years. So I'm sitting there, you know, managing a $7 million um, business with that. And, and I'm uh, building houses for Mike Goings at the time. Um, and now I'm, and, and now I'm, now I'm a, a full-time real estate investor. So the mistake, I guess, of, that I'd like to you know, share with you from, from my standpoint is, is, I mean, if you're going to get into real estate and you're going to get into investing, get into real estate and get into investing. Okay. Don't make the mistake that I made and tried to, you know, I was like a fart in a skillet. I mean, I've got stuff going on, you know, everywhere. I couldn't pay attention. I was, you know, I phone rings and somebody's toilet's not, you know, whatever. I didn't want to deal with it. So then I hired a property management company. That was another mistake I made. Nothing against property management. I'm sure there's good ones out there. I just happened to pick the wrong one and it, it really cost me big time. I tell people all the time, one of my greatest days of my life is when I sold my last residential house and I had to come to the bank with, uh, to get it closed with about $52,000 just to get it done. Cause they just kept, you know, I kept selling them one at a time and one at a time. And, you know, I just kept losing and losing and losing and they just kept adding it and adding it and adding it. But it was one of the greatest days of my life when I sold that last house and gave the bank 52 grand. So, um, so I told myself, my wife told me if I wanted to stay married that I can't do that anymore. So um, uh, I got like uh, back, back to the real estate thing. I got my real estate license and uh, um, aha moments. I wanted to talk about uh, you have those things in your life where you, they were like defining moments in your life. And, uh, one of the guys that I want to recognize tonight that really helped me in, in, in my career is a guy named Larry Bird, not the, uh, not the guy from French Lick, but Larry Bird was, a uh, he was, a he was in, he worked for old Hub Hall. That's going to really date me. If you guys remember Hub Hall, he was a, uh, predominant real estate developer here in town. Larry uh, was Hub Hall's new construction salesman uh, back in the 70s and 80s. And Larry got introduced to uh, Burger Kings and uh, Village Inns and Applebee's. Larry built the first, excuse me, he didn't build the first, he built the seventh Applebee. And if you guys don't know this or not, the seventh Applebee's was right on Old Cheney Road, uh, right on, what is that, 30... 40th or whatever it is over there. So Larry ended up building about 60 Applebee's franchises all over the country. And he owned the buildings, he owned the land, and he owned the franchise. He owned them all. And then in 2012, Larry had an opportunity to sell all of it to a big, in, uh, to a big investment group out of uh, New Jersey called RMH. And uh, so they bought him out, and that pretty much made Larry an instant... Um, I don't know, do the math, 60 of those and times whatever. Uh, but anyway, going, so I met, I met Larry back in the 70s uh, when I was a really little kid. Um, Larry's mom was an interior decorator here in town, the House of Bird on 33rd and Pioneers, um, which 
I guess I never really thought about this. I ended up buying that building and I own that building today on the Northeast corner. I, I actually literally just kind of, it's like, <laughs> wow, that's coming for a full circle. Um, but anyway, Larry, Larry has been such a um, incredible mentor for me. Um, I wish, I'm glad actually he's not here because I'd probably start crying if he was. But I, I'll never forget the day that Larry took me out to lunch and I had, you know, I, I was, I was doing okay. I was actually building, building some houses on my own and um, selling a little bit of real estate here and there. And I'll never forget, Larry said to me, he goes, Jason, if you want to accumulate wealth in real estate, I need you to really listen to what I'm about to tell you. And I'm, of course, I'm like locked in, right? Hanging on every word. And Larry said, if you ever want to build real wealth, he goes, you need to forget about this you know, building a house here and there, two or three, whatever. He goes, you know, you'll make a nice living doing that. But if you want to build wealth, you need to focus on commercial. And I said, okay, well, you know, Larry, there's this, this other subdivision that I'm just like, like, Jason, if you want to build wealth, focus on commercial. And I just, you know, I guess I just took that and, and filed that away. And Larry had a building over on, uh, 1701 Windhoek Drive, 16th and Old Cheney, essentially right uh, behind the Spectrum, right next to the new Black Hills Energy. The Ponca Medical is uh, right across the street. So Larry, Larry owned that building. He built that building in 1990, added on to it in 2000. It's about 18,000 square foot executive office building. And then he added a 74 unit uh, storage uh, unit facility behind it. Uh, a 3,200 square foot climate controlled warehouse. And then there's also a cell phone tower that sits back in the, uh, back in the corner there. Anyway, his company, Concord Hospitality, where he ran all of his restaurants. So his HR people there, I mean, his whole entire staff worked out of that big building. So when he sold his company in 2012, that building sat empty for a long, but you know, Larry didn't care because he had just sold once again, do the math, he, he, could, he could have a building like that sit empty and he didn't even bother him. So um, he asked me to try to, to try to sell that property for him, the whole thing. And uh, I had it listed for about a year. And uh, I got the courage one day to go up to Larry and say, Larry, you know, you remember that time you took me out to lunch and you told me that I need to focus on commercial? He's like, yeah, I remember that. I said, what are the chances that you would help me buy this from you? And he's like, you would want to do that? And I'm like, yeah, why not? You told me to focus on commercial, right? So um, he had another building on the uh, northeast corner of 33rd and Pioneers. To make a long story short, I ended up buying both of those from him. And the only reason I was able to do that is with his help. Um, he basically helped me finance it. Um, he hooked me up with uh, uh, John Laughlin at Pinnacle Bank and I'm pretty sure that he called up John Laughlin and just said, hey, you need to do this deal because there is no way they should have did that deal for me. Um, anyway, we've converted that building into a collaboration center. So it's a lot easier to lease individual offices like that than it is to try to find one tenant to take 18,000 square feet. So we bought that building and closed on that building six days before they shut the country down. For COVID. You talk about a pucker moment, okay? So I just got done spending $3.9 million uh, on two properties and then they shut the country down. I'm like, man, am I ever going to catch a break in this life? 
Um, but God has been, God has been so amazing and um, helping, uh, helping me kind of work through that and figure that we've actually went from about 60 to 65 percent uh, occupied to we're actually over, if this makes any sense, we're actually over 100 percent occupied in that building. I've got 19 different tenants leasing out individual offices, and then I've got um, a couple of other bigger tenants that are taking two to 3,000 square feet. So, um, and then the, uh, the, 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 the uh, building on the northeast corner, Sky Oak Plaza, that came with it too, and we're 100% occupied in there as well. Um, and then, uh, so besides those two buildings, um, we just got approval on a third property that we're going to be hopefully closing on before the end of the year uh, over on 37th and Calvert Street. If, if you can remember the old Lincoln Carpet Center, um, that's another 18, 19,000 square foot building that used to have national insulation. And there was a lot of, uh, there was a few different tenants in there. Um, Rob and Cheryl Alderman, I don't know if you guys know them. They used to own the Creamery building downtown. Um, Marty and I tried to actually buy Calvert Street and the Creamery building about 15 years ago uh, before they built the, the arena downtown. And uh, we about had that thing done. Um, but the anchor tenant that I was working with at the time, Zio's Pizza, um, I got to just a cold call. I called up the guys. I found out who the owner was of Zio's Pizza. Dan Sherman's his name. And I just cold called him and, and, and got the guy to meet with me. And uh, I almost got that deal done. And his wife, Usha, put the, uh, put the kibosh on it and said, we're not going to we're not going to franchise this place. So we weren't able to buy that at the time. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about planting seeds. That was a seed that I had planted 15 years ago with Rob and Cheryl. And, and, then, and then 12 years later, about three years ago, my wife and son and I, we went to uh, Yogurtini one night for yogurt. Walked in and I saw Rob and Cheryl were there. It was just about ready to close. Rob and Cheryl were living in Branson and they were back. And I remember I sat down with them and uh, introduced my son to, to Rob and, and they hit it off. And, and I remember I planted that seed again and I said, Rob and Cheryl, if you guys ever decide to sell that Calvert Street building, I would really appreciate it if you'd give me the first shot. And uh, a couple months ago, Cheryl called me up and she said, we're ready. And I said, so am I, let's do it. Um, so the neat thing about the Calvert Street building is which it works really well with what I'm doing is I understand that whole collaboration. I understand how to, to set that up and, to, and to put individuals in, in, in spaces. Um, so it works kind of in concert with my, my property over at uh, 1701 Windhoek drive. Um, and what's another neat thing was, is that was the building that I pretty much grew up in. Cause I told you my dad and my grandpa were in the floor coverings business. That's where they were located. So it's so crazy how like, a couple of these properties I've come full circle. I mean, I've been, you know, I grew up in that building, so I know the building, I know it really well. Um, so that's kind of like my, my personal, uh, you know, what, you know, what I, what I've got personally. Um, I know that I was talk, uh, supposed to talk about mistakes that I've made and I, um, I've made, I've made a lot of them. So I, I want to stand here tonight humbly in front of you and tell you that, um, Please use me if you ever want to, if you ever want to call and just kind of 
use me as a resource. You know, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Um, I've done a lot of things and I've done some very good things and I've done some not so smart things. So I would be probably a good resource for, for all of you. Um, so I talked about planting seeds. The other thing I wanted to say, I, I, I live by one of the, one of the, the, the things that I live by, I used to watch Shark Tank. I don't know if you guys watch Shark Tank. I used to watch that show. I mean, I would, I would never miss it. Um, I think Mark Cuban is, you know, there's some things I don't agree with Mark. I don't agree with a lot of his politics, but I do think that Mark Cuban is an incredibly wise business guy. And I remember one night I was sitting there watching Shark Tank and I heard Mark Cuban say something that has absolutely stuck with me and I'll never forget it. I have it written on my wall in my office and it says 60% of the watermelon is better than 100% of the grape. Okay, 60% of the watermelon, watermelon is better than 100% of the grape. And when he said that, I mean, it was just another aha moment in my life. I went, that totally makes sense to me. I don't need to own 100% of anything. I want to own a little bit of a lot of different things. One guy I want to mention that was also a huge influence in my life, taught me a lot, a lot of wisdom was Sam Manzito, senior. I don't know if you know Sam. Uh, incredibly um, smart guy, great businessman. I remember uh, I was talking to Sam's brother, Mike. Um, I think Mike and his wife, Linda, live in Denver now. But I remember Mike telling me one time, you know, Sam, Sam owns so many different things, 5% this, 10% that, 15, whatever. You know, Sam probably makes 50 grand a month and doesn't even have to get out of bed with everything that he owns. But he lives by that 60% of the watermelon thing that I'm talking about. So um, think about that when you're, when you're, if you're going out and you're looking at a, at a potential deal um, that may be too big to do on your own, but you'd be wise to get a hold of somebody and, you know, partner up with somebody in this room and say, hey, let's go do, let's go do this thing together. Let's grab three or four guys and do this deal. Okay. Um, the other thing that I, uh, one of the things that I, I, I saw a long time ago is don't be afraid to start over again. This time you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. That's another thing that I've, I read one time and it just like hit me over the head with a ton of bricks. Um, I did that. So I, I tried real estate investing, residential, made a ton of mistakes, lost my ass. But I started over and then I started over from experience. So don't get discouraged if you make mistakes and you fail because you never know. Um, you never know what God has in store for you. So um, to give me a little bit of a break, do you guys have any questions at all that you guys could potentially come up with that you could ask? Kind of give me a break here. Anything? Josh, come on, buddy. Help me here. You know, um, that's actually a good question. My favorite, uh, my favorite project was um, was the was the Wendhoek project for sure, just because um, it was really trying to put a put a you know put a puzzle together, and it taught me um, the the marketing side. You know, um, it's really super cool to see guys like you know Lance is a tenant in my building now. We built him an office and. 
and uh, um, I've met Landon Rhodes. I don't know if you guys know Landon. He's with Grindstone Media. He's become a really good friend. I've met a lot of really great people uh, getting that whole project uh, starting, getting it, getting it filled up, and and the building's beautiful. I mean, I, if you guys ever 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 want to come over to Access Point Collaboration Center sometime and 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 take a take a tour of the building, uh, would love to have you come over, and I could take you know show you around. I could. Um, the storage unit thing, um, I used to hear people all the time say, oh, storage unit, storage unit, storage units. I never really understood that. Well, I understand what they're talking about. That's a great business. Okay. That is, uh, we're, I've got 74 storage units. I think I've got three empties right now. Um, that is just, uh, that's a business that's like a, it, that's just a residual, it seems like. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, we have everybody set up on automatic payments. You know, every once in a while we'll get a credit card that expires or, you know, gets declined and we got to track that down. But it's a it's a really, really, really good business. And I'm super excited about our North project coming up. So. I'm sorry. My portfolio. So besides Windhoek and uh, and and Sky Oak Plaza and uh, the Calvert Street building um, and then there's another building here that we're looking at, um, haven't quite pulled the trigger on it yet. Um, but that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much my, my, my portfolio is all commercial. I don't own any houses besides the house that I live in. So, yeah. Anybody? Yeah, the, the Calvert building, I've got actually, uh, the, here's the cool thing about, the really cool thing about, this actually, Josh, might be my favorite. Take that back. Um, we'll see. I haven't closed on it yet. A couple more weeks. Um, the cool thing about the Calvert Street building is, is there are 41 paying tenants inside that 18,000 square foot building. I am going to become an owner of a hair salon, Okay. Um, so there's actually, uh, there's actually 12 gals that are, uh, working out of there, out of the hair salon around, around the, around the backside of there. Um, there's also, there was a dance studio. I think it's about 3,500 square foot space back, back there. And, uh, the dance studio was a really good tenant for Robin Cheryl. Um, except if you guys ever get into commercial and you guys want to, uh, maybe put a dance studio in your, in your building, call me. Okay. Um, they ended up having to, to, to place them in a different location because of, uh, sound, uh, noise, especially when you're basically, you know, surrounded by residential. Um, so Robin Sherrill repurposed that 3,500 square foot space and they turned it into a, uh, a reception hall. So, um, and they did a fantastic job of, of turning that into a beautiful reception. Now you can't get 250, 300 people in it, but you can get a smaller group in it. And, uh, so we're also going to be in that business as well. Now, um, hopefully Marty's wife, Michelle, uh, is going to probably take that over for us and she's going to, uh, manage that and run that. It's got a great website already built. 
Um, so we see a tremendous amount of opportunity in that. Um, people that want to have uh, office parties, Christmas parties, holiday parties, you name it. Um, there's, there's people that rent out rooms to, to have their Thanksgiving parties. I mean, it's, it's really kind of you're limited to your imagination about what you can do with, with something like that besides weddings, which we all know that wedding reception halls are very, very, very difficult to, you know, you're probably looking at at least a year out, but, you know, you better, you better start looking or you're not going to get a space. So, um, but that's a really, really, really neat property. It's a beautiful property. They've done a great job of, of maintaining it and, and, and adding to it. And, and there's literally, the other nice thing that I, well, I personally like to get into things that I don't have to do anything to. I don't have to go in and basically in anything that I've ever bought, I've, I really haven't had to do much uh, except basically enhance what's already there. So yeah, well, that, that Calvert is gonna be, uh, I'm super, super fired up about that, yeah. Could you tell that I was nervous? Anybody? Yeah, so Marty Fortney and I are partners on everything that we do. So the storage unit facilities, the commercial, everything. Yep, please. Great, great question. Yes. Um, the, que the question was, what's the, what's the difference? Um, what's the difference between owning commercial properties versus residential properties. So I'm telling you from, from my experience and I, and, and, and really the properties that I owned residential were not good. Um, they were, Oh my gosh, I'm starting to have flashbacks. Uh, they were, they were, they were, they really needed a lot of attention. Um, furnaces going out, water heaters going out, toilets. I mean, it was just, you name it. I and mean, we I was just constantly getting flooded with phone calls. It just seemed like they were just money pits. Where in commercial, the other thing I really like about commercial, Monday through Friday, eight to five. Okay, I don't get any phone calls after five o'clock on any of my commercial properties. I used to get them on weekends. I'd get them on, you know, it's just, they just, there's just not a lot of maintenance to them. At least that's been my experience. And you know, they usually typically come with a higher price tag, but they sure come with a higher return. And that's, that's been my experience with that. So just a lot less time and a lot less headache. So, yeah. Say again. No, no, no one's sleeping there that I know of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, please. So, uh, you said, you know, when you were in the residential, you had a management company. They weren't mm -hmm. so great. Yep. Uh, and you said, you know, you needed to kind of focus on to you know, do something, focus on real estate, focus on. Uh, as you've gotten into the commercial, you've obviously picked up a lot of different businesses mm -hmm. in the process. Yep. How do you manage that and also keep the obvious uh, desire to diversify uh, at bay, I guess? Yeah. So um, another great question. And, and I, and I do, you know, I, I, the mistake that I made when I was in residential is I hired a property management company. I will do everything that I possibly, actually I'm getting ready since we acquisition, since we're going to be acquisitioning the Calvert street property, I'm actually going to start a, I'm going to start a, uh, a property management business myself. So I currently manage everything myself. Now um, I don't, uh, I, I, and it, one really, really, really helpful thing that we have is 
I'm really good with people. I'm a people person. I'm a people pleaser sometimes to a fault. Um, but my partner, Marty, he is a builder. And, uh, you know, if I have something that goes wrong, he can typically fix it himself and we don't have to call somebody to fix it. So we work well in that aspect. Um, but we're probably not being very wise by not creating another entity, uh, a, com- uh, a property management company. And, and we, we are going to, to do that um, in, in 2022. Now that I've got so many different tenants and so many different units and, and multi-buildings, I mean, we, we should be doing that. Um, but I will do everything I possibly can in my life to never get to the point where I have to hire a property management company because I, I was not a control freak when I owned the residential properties. Actually, I didn't want to be bothered with it because I, it, it was so bad that the properties were so bad that I was trying to pretend that they didn't even exist. Um, but these, this, this commercial stuff is, you know, it's, uh, I, I love it personally. And I, and, and these are, you know, these are my babies and, and I want to know what's going on. You know, I want to know if a light fix, I mean, I want to know everything. So I, I've got to be in control. And the only way that I can be in control is by, by being that, the, the manager. So I don't know if that kind of answers the question a little bit. Yep. 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 Yes, sir. With you having so many problems, Yeah. So the only way that I've been able to figure out how to do this correctly on the collaboration type of thing is just to do gross leases. So for instance, the, uh, uh, the Windhoek property and the Calvert will be all gross because you've got so many different, you know, and, and then of course you've only got uh, so many you know, the electrical meters and, and, and that type of stuff. Um, the Sky Oak Plaza is a triple net, um, but everything else, Sky Oak, or excuse me, Windhoek and, and, and Calvert is, is, is all gross. So we factor in utilities, water, internet, uh, janitorial services. It's all factored into the, into the, uh, to the, you know, whatever. If somebody's got a 14 by 14 office, it's all factored in. Yeah, so basically triple net is, you know, you've got your, your, your price per square foot for the whatever it is. So if you've got a 2,000 square foot space, you've got, let's say, 10 bucks a square foot. And then you'll have another price, which will be your nets, which is your common area maintenance and your utilities and all that kind of stuff. So they'll have a, they'll have a price for that and then they'll have a price for their nets. And you add those together and that's what they pay. Where with the gross, there's, there's just one price. There's one. And, and typically with a gross lease especially with the properties that I have, you have to kind of forget about what the price per square foot is because let's, for instance, Lance's office is what, 14 by 18, something like that. You know, Lance is getting, um, you know, he's got signage, he's got mail, he's got janitorial, he's got utilities, he's got um, conference room access. I mean, he's got everything. So, you know, it may seem like he's paying a lot per square foot, you know, 25, 30 bucks a square foot, but his office is only 14 by 18. And what are you paying? 600 bucks somewhere in there for that? Yeah, 575, the internet's 100. So it, you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's different, yep. And you have to explain that to people when you tell them, they, they say, well, my office is only, you know, this and you're charging me this. And I was like, well, yeah, but you gotta factor in all these other things. So, and then they, once you explain that to them, they typically will always understand, so.
Yes, ma'am. Yep. Good question. Um, so I haven't even really talked too much about that. So I do a fair amount of uh, residential land development. Um, another aha moment was uh, I was working at a different uh, real estate brokerage several years ago. And uh, I was really wanting to kind of expand my new construction. Um, at that time, and this was probably six or seven years ago, I was probably 90% of my business was you calling me up and saying, I want to sell my house. Or you called me up and said, I want to go purchase a house. So I was just basically working, you know, one at a time. I really wanted to get more focused on new construction because that's kind of what my background was. And I felt like I could maybe create a niche if I did that. And the other thing that I wanted to create was, you know, there, I only know so many people. So I'm only going to be able to list so many houses, so many houses. And I only know so many people. So I'm only going to help a certain amount of people buy. So I had this idea in my mind, if I can get hooked up with a, with a developer and get lined up with a couple of different builders, and I can show value to those builders by bringing them lots to be able to, to build homes on, I'm building my own listings. So I'm probably creating in a year's time, you know, 40 or 50, 40 or 50 listings. I'm creating those by, by, by doing the, the developments like you're talking about. So to answer your question, on the development side, I, um, I got recommended to a developer here in town, Bob Hampton. And uh, Ken Emmons at the time, who was kind of my mentor over at Remax when I was the, over there, said, uh, hey, you know, Ken, uh, Bob's got some, uh, Bob's going to be doing some lots out on, in Vintage Heights in the 32nd edition. He goes, I don't think he's got anybody selling his lots. You may want to call him. So I'm like, all right. I've never been afraid to pick up the phone and call people, okay? I mean, cold calling is not one of my very favorite things to do, but it's, it's kind of sometimes a necessary thing to do. You got to get out of your side of your comfort zone a little bit. But I called up Bob, never met him before in my life. I just told him who I was, and I told him who told I told Bob who told me to call because I knew that Bob knew Ken. So that was going to give me some credibility. Bob agreed to meet with me, and... Uh, I'm really, really good at making connections with people. I knew who Bob's dad was, Joe Hampton. I knew that my grandfather on my mother's side was an electrician here in town. I knew that my grandfather used to do Joe Hampton's work. I asked Bob, I said, by chance, do you know so-and-so, my grandpa? How do you know that guy? Well, he's my grandfather. Instant credibility, okay? Absolutely, I was like a son to him immediately. So. I consider Bob one of my very, very, very close friends. And uh, I bring Bob the, the leads as far as, you know, hey, there's a piece of land out here, so-and-so, we should maybe go take a look at that. I haven't really quite gotten into the actual hard, you know, getting my, my hands dirty as far as, uh, you know, doing the development side and anymore. Olson's is, is, is our engineering firm that we work with, and uh, Brad Marshall that, 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 uh, that works for Olson's, they're pretty much doing all the, the work now. The developer's not doing it. They're, they're charging them a fee to do it all. So um, it's, it's, it's easier in that aspect because of, because of, the, of what, they're, what they're willing to do. In the, um, but I don't really like working with the city. Um, 
I don't, uh, <laughs> I just don't have the, I don't have the patience for it. So um, I've been involved with, you know, in front of the planning commission and city council and pitching our case and all that kind of stuff. But I've actually had people say that I've actually had a couple of people ask if I'd be interested in running for city council. I'm like, there is no way um, I'll use too many curse words. So, um, so I, you know, so I, I, that probably didn't answer what you were asking, but um, my develop, my developers that I work with, Marty, my partner, he, he pretty much runs that part of it, you know, anyway with, with, with our company and stuff like that. So he's got the knowledge to, to do that. Um, I do have some input on what we put on and, and, and um, the types of units that we build and stuff like that. Um, I pretty much know from just my experience what's going to work and what's not going to work, I guess. How am I doing, Josh? Good. Let me see. Let me check my notes to make sure I'm not missing anything here. I think I pretty much said everything. Yes, yes. My my plan is, yeah, yep, yep. So um, really, <laughs> my plan is is to really not change anything with that because it's really really working well. The place cash flow is like crazy. Um, so I just really in the beginning I just want you know Rob and Cheryl have owned that property for so long. The tenants there are pretty familiar with them, right? So I really I'm I'm planning on moving out of the the Windhoek. I've already leased that. I've already leased my office, um, and I'm going to probably move over. Nice too. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm planning on moving over there to Calvert because there is a couple of empty offices over there, and I'm just going to really kind of and just really get to know everybody that that's over there, you know, um, and then uh, really spend a lot of time trying to get that uh, that event space up and running because right now that's. You know, that thing pretty much is doing, it's it's basically sitting empty right now. This beautiful 3,500 square foot space is, Rob and Cheryl really haven't done anything with it because, you know, when when, when COVID hit, people stopped doing that kind of stuff. Um, but now people are starting to do, they're starting to get back out. So, yeah. Yep. 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 There's, it, it, it's it's a it's a neat building too because it's got a lot of different type of I mean you got a hair salon you got insurance guys actually it was really funny uh, the appraiser Joe Wilson who appraised the property for us um, we met him out there and we we're walking around the building and he's like wow this is a really nice building man these offices are really nice I ended up signing a lease with him he's moving in so um, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always one of those guys too. That's like, man, you know, if something's working, don't jack with it. You know, if it's working, why would you change? You know, just leave it alone. So let it do its thing. Don't try to be, don't try to be smarter than you are. Right. Just it's working. Don't fix it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, sir. Like the difference between vacancies, like a commercial versus residential. 
I, 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 if, if you would have told me in March of, when did COVID hit? March of 2020? If you would have told me in March of 2020 that I would have gone from 50 to 60% occupied to over 100% occupied in this, in this two years time, I would have told you you were nuts because I was pretty much convinced, you know, I was watching the news at that time. I don't watch that anymore. Um, I, I, I thought I was toast. So um, people, the, the, neat thing about, the neat thing about the properties that I have too is, you know, I just said that I just leased out my office and, and I'm leasing it, you know, for $475 a month all in for, the, for, for a small office. And uh, this, this gal, she sells, she sells advertising in a magazine. She, the reason she's moving out is she's tired of, she doesn't want to work in, she doesn't want to work out of her house anymore. She can't afford a thousand bucks a month, but she can, she can afford, you know, four to 500 bucks. She can do that. She can swing that. So, um, there's a ton of those out there. Uh, people that are working, you know, small, uh, like Echo Bell, I don't guys, if you know, Echo, she's a, she's a CFO on the go. She's wonderful. She basically takes care of, of, of all my stuff. Um, Echo doesn't really, she doesn't really need an office cause she's pretty mobile, but she does need a place to bring people. And she has people that stop by all the time and drop off their tax returns and all this kind of stuff. So we put a little drop box or a little whatever mailbox thing in the, in the vestibule in the front. So, you know, there's just, I, I could, I could go on for days and tell you all the different you know, scenarios there are, but there's a lot of those type of people out there. Like when COVID started, you know, working from home became more popular because the platforms have been improved with it more possible. But this works for me. Do you think people are going to get tired of being at home and want to go back to those things? I think that's happening. Yeah, I do. I think that's happening. I hear it all the time, you know. Um, I got to, I got to get out of here, you know, um, too many distractions. Um, home is home. Work is work. Um, I know that for myself. I could, I've never missed a day. Okay. I, I, I have never not gone to the office ever. I cannot work from home. Home is home. Work is work. Um, so, and I think there's, I think there's more people out there like, I really do think there's more people out there that, that think that way. And there are some folks that like to, to work from home too. I have a question yeah. for you. How do you rate this building? As far as premium goes? Yeah. Uh, I think Susan Coffey's done a fantastic job with this, well, with this property. So I believe this building about like the whole system. Yep. I remember when Susan bought this place, it's been, it's been several years ago. Um, and it was, you know, when the old garden, I think the garden cafe used to be in here, didn't it? Yeah. Over here. Yeah. So this, this, I, I put this building, I would compare this building to like Piedmont. Um, you know, who, uh, what's the guy's name? The travel agent and the, can't think of his name right now. Glenn, I think did Piedmont. Um, he did a fantastic job with that property. And I would compare that. I would compare this with that. I think I think they've done wonderful. Would I would I pay two point four million for for this property, Clock Tower? Uh, without knowing what the 
net operating income is, I would, I would say, I would guess yes. I would say absolutely, I would pay 2.4 million for this. Is it for sale? Well, you can still get to know me. Well, yeah. Need a partner? <laughs> okay. Yeah. To me, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, um, I don't know if you guys know Brad Eworth. He's a CPA right down the street. Um, Brad's my personal CPA. You know where the Taco Inn is right down here on 70th and O Street? Um, I looked at Brad's building. Um, it's kind of an L-shaped building. Actually, Larry Bird and Brad actually built that building together back in the 80s. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it's, it's it, what Brad's looking for is comparable to the number that you're talking about. And if I had my choice to buy this for 2.4 or buy that for 2.4, I'd be buying this every single day of the week and twice on Sunday, guaranteed. Twenty seventh and Old Cheney. Twenty seventh. Northwest corner. Okay. Well, there's only so many buildings on. Only so many corners there. So, I know they're putting a brain surgery type of place on that one. And then, yeah, so I think I know which building you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You had a question? What would be your first step to tell somebody that wants to If you wanted, if you wanted to refocus your efforts on commercial versus residential, um, I would say probably one of the very first things that you're going to probably want to do is you're going to probably want to, just because typically on a, on a commercial property, it's going to be a little bit higher and banks don't usually do 20% down. It's usually 30% minimum. So I would, I would probably suggest maybe sitting down and, and thinking of some people that you might want to go into business with. And uh, and and figure figure that piece out first because I mean I have obviously I don't know what your situation is but um, I could have never I could have never in a million years gotten to where I've gotten today without help and I'm talking about significant help carry back help um, all kinds I mean there there's no way I could have done it so um, that's probably if I if I could give you any advice I would say reach out to a couple of people that you might want to go into business with. And, and uh, that would be the, the, the very first thing. And then the other thing that I would tell you is uh, you, you, there's not as many commercial agents as there are residential, but I would really, really, really get to know a good commercial agent. And uh, um, I could give you some recommendations on that. I promise you one of them will not be me. Um, but I would... Uh, I would, I would reach out to a commercial agent and then decide what you want too. You know, there's so many different things that you can, you know, I, I, 
I, I have kind of an idea of what I want, but you're going to probably want something different. So figure, figure, that, figure that piece out. What am I looking for? Be very specific on what you want. Um, get a good commercial agent. Get some people to back you. Um, plant seeds. I know I didn't talk. I wanted to talk about that more. Um, man, you may, you may not think that. I mean, I may be in here planting a seed tonight. I don't even know. Um, but I have, uh, I, 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 I could never be where I'm at today without the seeds that I planted 15, 20 years ago, actually further than that. So the connections that I've, that I've made over the years has kind of saved me. So, yeah. Yes, sir. I didn't hear you. What? When you raise money for a commercial deal, is it similar to like raising money for like a syndication for a large multifamily? Uh, yeah, same thing. Same yeah, exactly the same thing. Raising money uh, for for commercial properties versus large multifamily. large multifamily. It's 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 the same thing, and I really consider large multifamily commercial. Right. Same thing. Anything over four, right, is considered commercial. So yeah. Yes, sir. So, um, the yeah. So I, I I mentioned John Laughlin with with Pinnacle Bank, and uh, he was actually the we 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 knew that that was Larry's banker. Um, we did meet with uh, we did meet with uh, um, a couple of other uh, commercial lenders and stuff like that, but. Um, once again, I, I don't think we would have gotten that deal done if it wasn't for the relationship that Larry Bird had with John Laughlin. Um, and then uh, I would also encourage everybody too, um, to, you know, if you go out and look for a commercial property, you know, look at that carryback um, option for the, for the seller. So a lot of times that carryback can be beneficial to them, um, especially when it comes to, to their, you know, to their, to their tax, uh, their tax burden and stuff like that when they sell. So, I mean, that's usually one of the very first things that I ask a potential seller when they're selling a commercial property is, are you open to a carryback? And usually from my experience been most of the time it's been, yeah, I'm open to talking about that. Um, banks don't give uh, carryback money. Um, they used to kind of consider that part of the down payment, not really the down payment, but the money that you have to put in um, anymore, the banks don't look at it that way, but, um, it will affect, um, I guess, I guess running around about way, it will affect how much you have to put in. So basically, you know, what a carryback is, is that the seller's financing a portion of it. Essentially, it's going to be a totally separate agreement from what you got with the bank. So, yeah. What do you think? Hopefully that was somewhat beneficial. Hopefully uh, you learned something, maybe. Lance, what do you think? Did I do good? Thank you, Jason. All right.